Hi everyone and welcome to Human Design 101. I'm Paula Fehrmann, your host, qualified life trust coach and human design fanatic. I guide my clients to become their own experts by understanding and more importantly living their design. When I first came to human design, I was so overwhelmed by the triangles, squares, arrows and numbers in the chart that I didn't touch it for more than a year. However, my human design experiment has been the most important transformation in my life, which is why I want to show you how you can use your design as a simple tool to heal, transform, integrate, grow and ultimately become your own expert. No more looking for the experts outside of you. Keep listening and learning here on the podcast, reach out for private coaching or book a chart reading with me. Let's talk Human Design 101. Hi everybody and welcome back to Human Design 101. Today's information packed episode is part two of how to use human design to optimize your health. After looking at the specific digestions that you can find in your chart and the types and associated health risks and health optimization tips in episode one. We're going to look at the centers in the chart and how they impact your health and the different environments that impact the health of your body and your vitality. We will get started with the centers. This is going to be a super good episode for you if you want to refresh your knowledge on the centers, if you want to remember what each center is about and the themes and body parts that are associated with the center. So stay tuned as we will look into each and every single one of those and decipher or determine what you could possibly do or not do to ensure that you're using the energy in the center correctly. And to remember that the centers hold what we call definition in human design. So whether a center is colored in or not colored in is very important to your unique energy. The centers that are colored in or defined is where you produce your own energy. So this kind of vibe or energy that is associated with the centers, an energy that is unique to you and that you know very well. Depending on what gates are activated in those centers, the flavor of this energy for you will change and make it this kind of super unique energy for you. So for example, if we look at the root center, this is the energy of the pressure and stress to do, to be productive, to get things done, to physically move the body. If you were to find in the root center, this would be an energy that you know well. So you probably know how to deal with stress, how to be productive, and you don't really struggle to get going on things because you're familiar with this pressure and it drives you because you know it and you've known it for the rest of your life. The different activations of gates would then give you your unique flavor. So for example, if you have gate 54 activated, which is the gate of ambition, your pressure to do something would be flavored by your need to achieve something, to be ambitious, to climb the ladder, to reach a certain goal that you have chosen yourself in a healthy way. I trust that makes sense. So the defined centers are the 
centers or parts in your chart where you produce energy thus you know what it feels like and it's unique to you you realize that you and other people know this is you as well the undefined or open centers the white centers are where we are sensitive to the energy of other people around us so this is where we amplify the energy of the people that are around us and thus the energy will feel different every time depending on who we are around right sometimes for example if you have an undefined solar plexus which is the center that is all about emotions and you're with somebody who is defined in the solar plexus and who's at the top of their wave very excited you will feel incredibly excited you will amplify their excitement and feel it and sample it in your body and we already understand that it's really important to know that this is not your energy in the case of excitement this might be something that you love to feel but imagine if you're around somebody who's incredibly frustrated or angry and you're mistaking their emotion which you are amplifying within your undefined center for yours and then suddenly you are walking around the world and you are confused as to why you feel so emotional and you have these intense emotional out outbursts and your mind is trying to find the answer or a solution which is obviously impossible because it's not your emotion so the concept of open and undefined or defined centers I hope is clear here defined is where you produce your energy undefined or open is where you amplify and sample the energy of others thus the energy that you feel in those centers will be varying it will be different it will feel inconsistent and like something that you don't always have access to because obviously it's dependent on the people that you are around so in human design our open centers are the centers that we are prone to be conditioned and that when we are conditioned when we are holding on to other people's energy in there when we are leaning into creating this energy and wanting this energy in our life so badly even though it's not ours we are creating what we call the not self and this can lead to overall health impact and dis-ease in the body so let me get, give you an example of what that could look like so we're looking at for example the ego center or heart center which is all about willpower people who are defined here they love to prove themselves in a healthy way they love the challenge they love going for i want i need on the material plane and this is a very healthy and known energy for them however if you are undefined in the center and you are constantly trying to prove yourself to show your worth to achieve and challenge other people and climb your way to the top of the ladder even though this energy is not unique to you it's not something that you have access to you can imagine that you would be scrambling for fuel that is not available thus you would create disease within your system within your body and 
This would probably manifest at prob as problems that are associated with the ego or heart center, which are the stomach, the thymus, the heart, and the gallbladder. So you can imagine that somebody who is under immense pressure or putting themselves under immense pressure to succeed on the material plane would get stomach or heart problems because this pressure is not unique to their system. The system doesn't always have access to this kind of energy. So when we now look at this concept of undefined and defined centers, it's really important to take a step back and consider the charts of our parents or the family members that we've grown up with because we would have been conditioned by their energy. So for example, in my case, my mum has a defined will center. So I would have grown up around this energy and not only would she have shown to me that it is a good thing to prove yourself and achieve and achieve and achieve, it would have felt somewhat natural to me because I would have had access to her energy. And then leaving the household, I had or would have embodied this idea that this is something I need to do to be successful in the world. But I wouldn't have had any access to this energy anymore. So this is quite an interesting thought experiment that you can have a look at and look at the defined centers of your parents that you or siblings that you don't have defined and you will already get a good idea of where your conditioning sits. Now, I'll run you through the centers and give you an idea of what kind of questions you can ask yourself to figure out whether you're using the energy or lack of energy in a problematic way within your body. All right, let's start at the top with the head center, which is obviously the very top triangle. The head is a pressure center like the root center. Those are two pressure centers in the human design chart. And through the head, we receive the pressure to know, to understand, and to answer questions. This is for people who have this center defined. It's an immense pressure to be cerebral, to figure things out in a mental way, and just I, I guess a stream of thoughts that flow through the mind all the time. So if you don't have the center defined and you are holding on to the not self, you're holding on to this energy, you are being conditioned or have been conditioned in the mind, you are constantly trying to answer everybody's questions. So the question to ask yourself would be, am I trying to answer everybody else's questions? And if so, you can be relatively certain that you are in the not self because you're trying to use an energy that you don't have access to constantly. Obviously, we can imagine that this can lead to anxiety and depression if we're constantly trying to use the mind to figure things out that we can't grasp. The head is associated with the pineal gland in the body. Now, right underneath the head, we have the Ajna center. The Ajna center and the head together build the mind. So sometimes it can be a little bit tricky to determine what is what and how they are different. But the way I like to explain it is that the head is this funnel in which just the incredible amount of thoughts stream in. 
And then in the Ajna, they get filtered and streamlined. They get put into concepts and ideas. And it's kind of like where we sort through the data and store the data. So if you are open or undefined in the Ajna center, you have the ability to conceptualize in many different ways because when you are with somebody who thinks very logical you can use this energy and you will be able to think in the way they are thinking when you are with somebody who thinks very creatively you'll be able to adapt to their or adopt to their way of thinking so you have access to this very fluid way of thinking but you're not necessarily great at storing the data simply because that there's no formula that you are always defaulting to. So the question that we ask ourselves in the Ajna to figure out whether we in the not self expression, in the shadow expression is, am I trying to convince myself and others that I am certain? So this is kind of the fear of not knowing enough, the fear of being dumb, the fear of not being able to learn properly. And for me, that has shown up since I'm undefined in head and ajna as, for example, when I was studying for an exam at uni, especially in statistics, I study psychology and statistics is a very big part of that. I could understand statistics. When I was in the lectures, it did make sense to me. I was really good at it. I got great grades, but I couldn't study well in advance before the exam because I could just not store the data. I had to study right before the exam and did it all and had to do it all in one go so that the information was kind of still there because otherwise it would have just been lost because this way of thinking is not natural to me. However, I didn't struggle with understanding maths and arts and all the different ways to think and perceive the world because my open or undefined ajna can amplify and sample all these different energies. I trust that makes sense. From here, we're making our way down to the throat center, which is in human design, our manifestation hub. This is where the voice sits. This is where the yeah physical manifest manifestation sits. And the throat is associated with the thyroid and parathyroid. So in the throat center, if we are undefined, the question that we are asking is, am I trying to attract attention? And oftentimes the not-self can look something like people thinking nobody is listening to them or whatever they say will be overheard. Can be a feeling of not being relevant, not being important enough. And because of that, trying to sound or imitate a certain way of speaking that sounds important or that sounds like everybody needs to listen. So in this case, what can we do? How can we step out of this not self? It is really about using your strategy and authority, using the body to know when to speak and when not to speak. And since I also have an undefined throat, like most of the centers are undefined in my chart, I can give you a, a good idea of what that looks like in my life so instead of in groups feeling like I had to talk all the time to be noticed I kind of just sit back now and wait either for somebody to approach me or invite me into a conversation as I am a projector and remember this is my strategy or I 
wait until I get the feeling in my body that I really have to add something to this conversation and I can see it land in a totally different way as when I'm sitting besides this conversation and listening to it and I'm being worried that I won't be seen or heard if I don't join in. So the bottom line is that I already know that I'm valued and people like what I have to say and that what I have to say will land when I say it at the right time as opposed to thinking that I need to attract attention for others to see my value, right? That makes sense. So again, this really is a center where the universe is asking you to trust, to trust in your own value, to trust that others will see your value and especially the right people will see your value and that your wisdom just simply doesn't need to be spoken all the time, that your wisdom needs the right audience in order to land and otherwise you're just wasting what you have to say and kind of working yourself up for not being heard when the audience wasn't right. And I have given plenty of examples in the projector episode about my experience with this center or speaking and being received. So if you are curious about that, head back to the first episode that I made of or about projectors. From here, we'll move on to the G-Center. The G-Center is where the magnetic monopole sits. And yeah, what the hell is the magnetic monopole? The magnetic monopole, as the name says, mono, not duopole, only attracts. And the idea is that when we are in alignment, when our body is in alignment, that we start attracting what we want instead of attracting what we don't want. So this is actually quite important for our health this center. So it shows us the direction when we have G-Center defined, we have a very strong sense of direction, identity and lovability. So if it's undefined, this direction is not fixed, but it's impacted by the energy of the people around us that have a defined G-Center. So in this case, it is really important for us if you are undefined, that we allow ourselves to find love and direction by feeling into the energies of the people around us. So if we're constantly looking for love and direction, we are in the not-self. If we're constantly searching for places and people to go to that could provide us with love and direction, or tell us what to do or where to go or how to help or how to figure things out and kind of like bring this hmm, route to our life, this strategy, the way, the purpose and from the outside, then we are in the not self. And oh my God, guys, this is a big one for me. So it is important here that we are leaning into what and who feels good. And when we don't have that, that we lean back and trust that that will come into our life instead of frantically going out and searching for it. I trust that makes sense. The G-Center is associated with the liver and the blood. And it's quite interesting because in Chinese medicine, the liver is associated with the emotion of anger and frustration, irritability or depression. And it makes sense that if we have this 
if somebody has planted the idea that we need to know where we're going and that we need to have this clear path and idea of where our life is heading to be successful or winning or thriving in life and we don't have that or feel that simply because we have an undefined g-center well that would lead to a sense of hopelessness which is depression or frustration and irritability so it is important to again trust in the universe that the right people and places will come in order for you to find your way and yeah you're sampling the different directions and paths by being around different people and then you get to decide what felt good. From here we will move towards the ego or heart center which we have touched on earlier at the beginning of the episode. This again is about the question am I trying to prove something? It is where our self-worth, our value and mm, and the will to succeed on the material plane sits. And again, it doesn't mean that we, if you're undefined that you don't have access to all these things. It just means it is impacted by the defined world centers around you and thus more inconsistent. You might find more swings in your self-worth. You find more variability in, in wanting to challenge yourself or commit to something as opposed to somebody who's defined in here have has a very consistent energy because it's their own energy so if you are constantly thinking about proving your your value if you think i have to do xyz to prove the to the others that i'm loyal or i have to be loyal for the others to see my value and so on and so forth, you can be sure that you are in the not-self. And again, use your strategy and authority to figure out what are the correct challenges and projects, etc., for you to enter into. You don't have to do it all to just prove that you're valuable. Let's move on to the solar plexus, which is the emotional center and it is related to the lungs, the kidneys and the pancreas and our nervous system. So as we can see, this is quite the center here, right? We can imagine that if somebody who is undefined here who doesn't have this like the defined people, constant, ever-moving, mechanical and emotional wave. So quick reminder, you can learn more about this in the episode called Emotionals versus Non-Emotionals, but quick reminder, someone who is defined has a constant, ever-moving mechanical wave that they are cycling through and they produce this emotional energy. Someone who is undefined will amplify this emotional energy from others, which if that is not understood by the person and if it's not released in a in a way that suits the person, for some people, for example, it is okay to just remind yourself that this energy isn't yours and then you can let go of it. For other people, they actually need physical movement to release this pent-up emotional energy. It can lead to nervousness or hyperactivity and like a dysregulated state in the nervous system. So what does the not-self look like in, in the solar plexus? You can ask yourself the question of, am I avoiding stating my truth to not make others feel? 
because I don't want to feel their big emotions? Or am I avoiding conflict or confrontation to not feel the other's emotions? And this one is also one that I know really, really well. And again, in this center, we get to learn boundaries, right? We get to get in touch with our body. We get to really figure out how we feel on a general level so that then when an, an emotion from the outset comes in, we are vigilant enough to realize this is not mine and I don't need to hold on to this. In the future, I will record my practices to help you deal with that if you are undefined or like me wide open in the solar plexus so that means I don't even have any gates defined so I've got a really sensitivity or real sensitivity for all the emotional energies that come in which in the beginning of my human design journey it felt very or of my whole life before I knew of human design this just felt very overwhelming to me and now I know that I can use this as a superpower to sample what everybody's feeling around me. This is extremely helpful and obviously my work of coaching yoga and human design in general. Also a really interesting one about this one is that oftentimes the people who are defined in the emotional solar plexus are the ones who feel like they are not necessarily emotional because they are used to that wave. They are used to the emotions going up and down and up and down. However, the ones who are undefined feel like they are really emotional because they they have these emotional outbursts of when they suddenly can't handle the emotions of others anymore and obviously amplifying the emotional energy of others will feel a lot more intense than the person who actually produced this emotion from here only a couple more to go we're moving on to the sacral center which is related to the life force energy and of course because of that to the ovaries and testes. In this center, we get to ask ourselves the question, do I know when enough is enough? Because if we are open or undefined in this center, and if we're amplifying the life force energy of the people around us, we might just be going and going and going and going and going past our point of exhaustion. And so again, this is a center where when we are in the healthy expression of openness, we are in touch with our body. We know when to have breaks. We know when, when our bodies had have enough and we know we learn how to rest. A really interesting fact about this center is that we are not only amplifying the life force energy of the people around us, we're also amplifying their fatigue. So if you're constantly tired, A, it could be because you are holding on to energy of others and you keep moving past your point of exhaustion. Or it could be that you're surrounded by people who are exhausted and you're amplifying that. And a way to figure out what is going on here would be to see whether this fatigue declines after you've been alone for a while and then it's a good indication of maybe you're just amplifying other people's exhaustion or if this fatigue is just constantly around regardless of whether you're alone or in the energy of others. 
All right, now to one of my defined centers, or through the last two centers, I actually my defined centers, which is the spleen and the root. Let's start with the spleen. The spleen is basically all about the immune system. It's associated with obviously the spleen, the T cells, and the lymphatic system. And the question that we get to ask ourselves here to see whether we are expressing expressing <laughs> expressing healthy energy or the not self is am I holding on to things that are no longer good for me the spleen is related to fear and obviously when we are in a state of fear in a state in which we are looking for safety we choose to stay in relationships circumstances that we know because at least then we can control them right this is the idea of kind of better the devil you know however this is unhealthy energy of the spleen in a healthy energy we know when things need to end we are working through our fears instead of running away from them and this is super fascinating to me because this indicates that our immune system for people who are undefined in the spleen is heavily impacted first of all by the people with defined spleens around them and their health but also by the way they treat fear and this idea of a hypochondriac somebody who always thinks that they are sick is what it, what is that that's fear that's fear of not being healthy and thus trying to control this fear by learning all about the different diseases and then comparing whether you have it or have it don't have it and that in itself would according to this theory stress your lymphatics your spleen and your immune system so if you've got an undefined spleen and you want to experiment with this like human design always asks you to experiment instead of taking anything i say here word for word and you find that there's some truth to this for you let me know because I can't experiment with it because obviously I define this plane. Last but not least, we've got our root center, which is related to the adrenals and thus all the stress hormones. And in this center, we get to ask the question, am I trying to get things done to finally be free of pressure? Because if you're undefined here, you're amplifying the root energy of the people around you, which is a pressure energy. If you're defined, you're used to this pressure. If you're undefined, this pressure just amplified feels like crazy and too much for you. So again, this can lead to restlessness and to hyperactivity. And that makes total sense if you think about the stress hormones that are released by the adrenals when you are handling this pressure in a way that it lets you or you allow it to drive you to just doing, doing, doing to get rid of the pressure. So what could you do instead of that? You need to remove yourself from the environment or the person that makes you feel this way. And remember that this energy is not yours to hold on to. It's not yours to carry. Okay, so that was a lot of very juicy and condensed information about the centers and the associated organs. And I recommend for you to 
let your body guide you to the one that feels the most resonant and then journal on the not self question that I provided and from there you'll be able to move towards a more healthy expression. You can find all the not self questions in the show notes so that you don't have to come back and listen to this whole thing. Now if you want to press pause and get yourself a glass of water or run through the loo before we dive into environment, make sure you do everything that you need to absorb this super important and fun thing of information. So environment in human design is our bottom left arrow. And instead of explaining to you what the arrow means and what the numbers mean, I will explain to you what the different environments mean. So if you're looking at your chart and if you haven't downloaded it, you know, just head to my website and get your chart for free there. On the side, it will tell you what your environment is. And there are six different environments in human design. But before I dive into that, let's look at why environment is important and what it means. Our environment in human design describes the, mm, I want to say, immediate space around us, everything that is touching our aura that is most resonant with our body. So you can imagine this like the water in utero that is full of the exact nourishing whatever is in there components that you need to develop healthily as a baby. And so we're not speaking about like the general environment or not just about that but we're also speaking about anything that is kind of touching your body touching your aura that is immediately around you and this those environments are conceptual rather than literal so that means instead of just looking at the environment and then immediately knowing okay that means this this and that you will have to figure out what it means to you. Thank you, human design experiment. So a question that you can ask yourself when you read your environment to figure out what that actually means to you is, one, when in the past have I felt really good in my body and where was I? And then you can relate that back to the specific environment and get a better idea of how the environment shows up in your life. Okay, let's let's take a closer look at the human design environment. They are divided into hardscapes and landscapes. Hardscapes are kind of more, I think, indoor. That's what I make, what I call them. And landscapes, obviously, more landscapey, more outdoor. So hardscapes more refer to what immediately is touching you and landscapes is a little bit wider. Our hardscapes are caves, markets and kitchens and the landscapes, mountains, valleys and shores. And again, big reminder, those are not to be taken literal. And I give you a, a brief explanation of what each of those mean. If you want to learn more about that, I recommend booking a reading. So caves refer to an enclosed environment with one entrance and the person who has caves is really important for them that they control who can come in and out and that they feel protected. So a caves person really enjoys sitting with the 
back, their back to a wall instead of a window so that they really have a good idea of who comes in, who comes out. My little brother has Kays and he literally lives in the basement room with one very small window and wherever he sits in his room, whether it's his desk or his bed, he always has view to the door and he also loves locking his room so that there's no no chance of somebody coming in that he doesn't want in there. So he has control over his environment. Number two is markets, which is my environment. And this is all about buzzing, busyness, value being exchange. And I imagine it as a place where things come together. So I can give you an example of how that shows up in my life is I feel really terrible when I am isolated in some random town without any access to a little bit of bus. Like sometimes I feel better just going to the supermarket and coming into a place where values exchange. I also love to go shopping without necessarily even having to buy anything. I just like being in this place where the magic happens is what I call it. Now we're moving on to kitchens and kitchens is a place where different things come together and something new is created. Think about cooking a recipe or baking. You have different ingredients that are thrown together and then they make something new. So in a kitchen environment, I always think about maybe like a co-working office or some something like that, a health clinic, a health center where different modalities come together and people create something new. But by me explaining that, you can already tell that this is very individual and specific and you really have to experiment with what is true for you here. Now we're moving into the landscapes, which at first we've got mountains and that is an easy one, can be taken literal or can simply just be a place higher up. I believe my big brother has mountains and he lives in the mountains. He lives in Zurich and he lives in an apartment high up. And if I think about his history of where he lived, it was always in the higher levels of an apartment. Yeah. Interesting, right? Fascinating. So from here, we move on to valleys. And this metaphor is really easy to understand when you think about, I don't know, a thousand years back when pilgrimage was still a thing. If you were in the valley, you would be where all the pilgrims wander through and all the people from the different parts of the world would be able to tell you their story. So by being in the valley, you would know what is happening in the rest of the world. So valleys persons tend to like to be at the poles of life. They tend to like to be somewhere where they know what is going on. I've heard of somebody who has valleys and they fulfill their values environment by being really active on Reddit, by reading all about the different things and getting all the different information from the world through Reddit. So again, you see, this is not to be taken literal. There needs to be a way in which this person can fulfill this desire for the body to be aligned and close to these kind of energies. And then we've got the last one, which is Shores. And this is about two different environments bordering. So if you think about a classic shore, you can imagine that, well, there's water and then there's beach. So 
to environments. But this could also be something like city bordering to forest or fields bordering to village and so forth. Now you have an idea of what all the different environments mean. You can look up what yours is and what your partner's is, best friend, mum, dad, whatever, and start to draw some conclusions. And the environment is one thing to look at when we generally feel good or bad in our bodies. So, for example, this is a really imp important one for children to make sure that they can grow up in a nourishing way. And of course, it's not just about growing up, it's also important for us adults because it is about the general sense of vitality that we feel. Again, when I'm out of my environment, I start to just feel really like somebody had just tone the volume down on my vitality and life force energy. Everything just feels kind of shriveled up and dull. So when you encounter those kind of feelings, your environment is a good place to check in with and see whether you can make little changes to make sure that you get more of this energy or environment in your life. So human design lovers, I trust that you loved this episode as much as I loved recording it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful that you're here and that you're choosing to spend your time with me. And I can't wait to speak to you next week. Thank you so much for being here today and listening along to Human Design 101 with me, your host, Paula Fehrmann. I trust that you received exactly what you needed from today's episode and I love how the universe matched us today. If you enjoy listening and learning with me, please leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast so that more people can unlock their true selves and ultimately become who they were meant to be using human design. Until next time, lots of love and bye-bye.